Amen. Thank you, praise team and Tim. Isn't it great to be led in worship? Amen. Worship is something that you feel with your heart. Amen. That's what God is today. And I'm going to preach again on becoming a God chaser here in a minute. But we need to feel, we need to see God every day in our lives. Amen. Amen, Brother George. I'll preach to myself. It's okay with me. Listen, guys, I want, to, I want to give something out to the adults here, okay? We always talk about our teens and they come back, and, and I love it. They come back and they give our hearts and they trade things, but we got adults that need to trade things for God. Amen? I mean, we can clap for the teens and tell them that's great when it's ourselves that need to go after God. It's okay to tell our kids to go after God, but we need to show them how to go after God. Amen? How many of y'all agree with me on that? I mean, we need to show them how to go after God. You know, these guys here come back. God touched them in a very special way this week. Just as it was at our camp. And I can see this happening in our church and through church camps and through women's groups and through different areas. God is calling people closer to them. But we can't just let that be a one a day, two thing. It's not a weekend experience. When we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's every day. It's more than a church camp. Yes, I was close with God at church camp, but there comes times, Tim, when it's me and I'm out there in the world and I'm fighting the devil and life is upon me. I need to know how to go to that refuge and chase after God. When sin comes strong in my life, when things come attacking me, I've got to know when to go after God. And that's where we lose sometimes of really knowing who God is. Is we give up. And it's just so easy to give in and go back to the way we was or what we used to be. It's so easy to go back and be comfortable. I, listen guys, God is pressing on my heart in His church. I'm tired of being comfortable. Amen. Amen? We got churches all over the country that are comfortable. Sing a song. Shake each other's hand, kiss the babies, let's go to the house. Amen? But God is looking for a bunch of people that will go after Him. I mean that has the desire. The Bible said, you say, well, George, I have a hard time getting the desire for God. David said in Psalms 37, 4, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you more desire. Amen? It's hard to have desire when we're not going after God. Believe me, if you're a child of God this morning, the Holy Spirit's in you, and He's doing everything in His power to draw you more and more closer and harder and faster after God. He wants you to go after God. Listen, you, you, you may think I'm crazy this morning, but we need to experience God crazy style. Amen? I mean, we need to experience Him in a real way. Not just, oh, that was great. The kids had a good time at camp. Oh, bless their heart. The Holy Spirit says, I want you. <laughs> I want you to have the same thing your kid has. See, we need childlike faith. Amen? Let's all stand this morning. I want to read a verse that I wish we could all go back and be around David. We look at David as a cute little shepherd boy carrying a sling and a couple rocks. If we could go home and spend time with David in his personal life, you'll see very, if you'll read into Psalms and study David's life, you'll see real quick why God called him a man after my own heart. He loved to go after God. 
He loved to go beyond the, being the normal Christian. Amen? We do a lot of normal stuff just to get by. Amen? I'm with you. I'm preaching to George this morning. Normal is to go to church. Amen? And sometimes you've got to sit back and ask yourself, why am I here this morning? Am I doing it because I've always done it? Am I doing it because I'm going after to seek after God this morning? I want more of Him. Am I doing it because my mom and dad brought me up that way? Do I really love God? Am I going after God because my heart is yearning for more of Him? Or is it because I was just brought up this way? See, David had all these issues he had to settle in his life. He had, all these, he had a godly dad and a godly family. And all these brothers. And he, the youngest boy of the family, God called a man after God his own heart. God don't look on our outer appearance, by the way. Amen? He could care less about your outer appearance. He wants our hearts this morning. Look what David said. I love Psalms 23. You would think when David wrote this psalm that he was sitting on the throne and they were having a big party, a church service, celebrating. But he is out in the wilderness running and hiding because his son Absalom is trying to take over the throne, trying to kick David out of the kingdom and take over his place. And David is hiding in the wilderness. He's scared. He loves his son. He don't want to hurt his son. But he don't want to give up his kingship. He is the king of Israel. And so David, you would think, he's in hard times and he's like, man, a guy that writes this Psalm 63 is on the top of the mountain with God. No, he's in the valley and he's still going after God. Psalm 63, is that what I said? 23, that's the Lord is my shepherd. Go on a little bit on over. We're past the shepherd stuff, we're going to seek him. By the way, it's on the screen. Psalm 63. Oh my God. You are my God. Man, I love that. Isn't that great when you wake up in the morning and when your feet hit the ground, you can say, God, you are my God. It's no greater blessing to know that God is your God. That He's your Heavenly Father. David had no problem with that. He knew when he woke up tomorrow, he was God's son. And that's the great thing about God. I may walk away from Him, but He'll never forsake me. He'll never leave me. Amen. He'll never leave you. And he says, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My son. Now, y'all listen to some of the stuff that he uses physically to go after God spiritually. He says, My soul thirsts for you. And as I always think about that, we was out last week and it, we was even up at Mountain View and it was hot. Man, we was walking this hot pavement and going around Mountain View and I told Melvin, I got to have some. My, I mean, my, I was thirsty. And I could taste, and somebody walked by, a lady walked by, and she had that water. I just watched her as I went, you know, and seen, it just, seen that bottle bubbling. And the more I seen it, the more thirsty I got. And David, David says, my soul is that away. There comes times in my life when I just, I want to drink of God. Just to quench my thirst. He says, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. Where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness. I love that. Is far better than life. Anything God that I have in this life. Any more than the house. The bank accounts. The jobs. Anything I got. You're better than anything that I own. By the way. You don't own it. God's letting you borrow it. Amen. 
Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with my lips. There's his whole deal for seeking God to be satisfied. That's what God wants each one of us this morning. If you're a child of God, He wants you to be satisfied. Not satisfied with things in the world or satisfied with our job or satisfied with circumstances, but satisfied with Him. Because we don't have a loving relationship with Jesus first. Nothing. Nothing else matters. Amen? How many of y'all is with me back in the back? Amen? Man, this sermon, I hope it gets all over you because it got on me. And we need to go after God more. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just love you this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll use these words. Lord, use... Lord, just use me. Even no more knowledge than sometimes I have of you, Lord. And no greater sometimes than I am of you. Lord, you still love me. Even when I wake up and I don't always remember to pray like I should or read my Bible like I should... But Lord, you're always there for me. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, not only you create this hunger and this thirst in my heart for you, Lord, but I pray this will go across this whole church body. Lord, I pray it will go across the visitors that are here this morning, maybe their first time. But Lord, that's okay. There's nothing wrong in being ashamed of wanting to go after God. Lord, this world that we live in and the society we live in, being politically correct and having all, everything just right, it all points to go opposite direction the way you want us to go, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'll have this church, when people walk in this building, that they'll recognize your presence is here. Because Lord, it's not about having a big building. It's not, having about, it's not even about having the house full. Lord, I appreciate it. I thank you every day that Pleasant Hill is full on Sundays. And it is a blessing. But Lord, you're, you're after our hearts. You want to be the king and the, sitting on the throne of our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll teach us how to love more, how to reach out more in this community. There's people in this community that doesn't know you. We have family members. Lord, if they could just get a little taste of the water that we've tasted, of your presence and of your glory. Lord, help me present this in a way this morning, Lord, that it's you. Lord, just use me as your mouthpiece this morning. Lord, we'll give you the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Sometimes it should stir you up to want to go after God. Amen? If you're not being stirred to go after God this morning, you're not loving God the right way. I'm going to be honest with you. Amen? You say, well, Brother George, I don't get... I, my personality is different than yours. I don't get all hooky-dooky and jumping around like you do and all excited. You don't have to. We're all different. Amen? God stirs each and every one of us differently. I just get loud. Amen? <laughs> you say, Brother George, I, I don't raise my hands like everybody. I don't get him. I, I don't get him. Listen, it doesn't matter. God knows each one of our personalities, but God needs to stir you in your way. <laughs> and if you're not being stirred by God this morning, then there's something wrong. We're not going after God the way we should be going after God. You don't have to be loud or raise your hands. You can sit there and be quiet. But God goes after our hearts. And that's what He wants first. Amen? 
I want to hurry up and get into this because I'm, I'm, if y'all can't tell, I'm going off of last Sunday. Because, man, one sermon just, you, you can't preach all of what last Sunday in one day. Amen. There's no way. There is no way. When, you, when you're in love with someone, you'll do anything you can do to go after that person. You'll go to great lengths. How many of y'all remember when y'all were dating? Man, some of y'all back here in the back have been married for years and they remember. What about y'all young people? Amen. They can remember. Man, they're back here 65 and above. They're back here just raising their hand. <laughs> and all these young couples are going, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you, when, you, when, you want, when you love somebody, you'll go after that person. And to do that, it means sacrificing other things to go after that person. You'll sacrifice your time. You'll, you'll put away money to get this, to go buy that person this. And you'll stay up late at night talking on the phone for two hours. Amen? Nowadays, that's what it was when I was dating. It was a phone, okay? That's all we had was a phone. I mean, if I want to talk to Mevlin on the phone, we talked on the phone. There wasn't no texting. Amen? There wasn't no Twitter. There wasn't no Flitter and all that stuff. None of that was out there. I mean, we had to talk to each other on the phone or more than this... When I got off work, the first when we, when we were really getting serious and dating and, and falling in love, see, there's a difference in just liking someone and loving someone. When you like something, other things can come in between you and it and drive a wedge, and you're really not. It don't take much to keep you from going after that something that you like. But when you love something, it man, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they built a wall on 270. I would either drive through it or go around it to get to her house. Amen? The same way. That's what I'm saying. When you love something, it don't take a headache to keep you from going after God. When you love God, it doesn't matter. See, and that's where we need to distinguish this morning. Do we just like God or do we love Him? With all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. And I'm afraid today in the church today that there's some Christians out there that go every Sunday, but they just like Him. Because when you're a Christian that likes God, you get your feelings hurt all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm going to preach it to you this morning. Me and Mevlin, we may have our disagreements and we may say stuff, but we still love each other. Amen? I've not been with her 25 years because I like her. Amen? <laughs> that didn't come out real good, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Help me, Lord. I'm with her because I went past the like stage and went to the deeper things of love. And now that we've been married 25 years, our love gets deeper and deeper and deeper. I may not show it all the time. She may not show it all the time, Levi. But that doesn't mean we're not in love. Because I'm telling you, when you like God, everything stops you from going after Him. Oh, but God, there'll be people this morning, there's been people in the past, I've done it. Lord, I'm going to dedicate myself to read Your Word. I'm going to commit to this and boom, something will stop me. And sometimes it's just a phone call. Or it might be something that someone... Boy, sometimes if someone says something to you and you get all... You get your feathers all flustered. You ain't, then you don't pray to God for three weeks. Don't open your Bible. Don't go to Him with that situation. That's liking Him, not loving Him. 
And David was a person that, listen, David was on a deeper level with God. He didn't just like God, he loved God. David was not perfect, y'all. It doesn't take a perfect person to love God. By the way, there's nobody perfect in here this morning. Some of you may think you are, but look in the mirror. You're not. None of us are perfect. There's no church out there that is perfect. How many of y'all agree? I've seen a sign. I've seen a sign. There was that sign at Bismarck. When we come back from D. Gray Church Campus, it says, If you're looking for a perfect church, keep on driving. I love that. I thought that was so good. Because you know what? A bunch of people probably kept driving. <laughs> but that's okay. We want people that are sinners saved by grace that aren't perfect. But when we know that God will never forsake us and never leave us. But I want to do more than just like you, God. I want to love you. I want to love you with abandonment. And to be able to do that, sometimes it means giving your all. And, and this is where the question come in in Mark chapter 12, the word all come into play. Je, look in Mark chapter 12. Jesus is be, coming in Jerusalem. He's been here for a, In one week, Christ is going to be crucified on the cross. One week from the cross, the scribes and the Pharisees are doing everything they can do to try to play with Jesus, trying to trap Jesus, even try to kill Him. Because they, they couldn't stand. See, a scribe and a Pharisee, they just liked Him. They liked their religion. They liked their temple. But they didn't truly love Him. Amen? They didn't truly love God. A scribe and a Pharisee don't truly love Him. They just like to show up for the show. Put a little money in the plate. They did it in the Bible days. And they left. Jesus, And so Jesus has been teaching... And some of this stuff is sounding pretty true to these scribes and Pharisees. And one of the scribes stops Jesus and asks him in verse 28, he had a question for him. He says, Then one of the scribes came in verse 28, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, he asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? He said, I'm going to get this Jesus guy. He's been healing. There's been crowds following him. There's people. Uh, he's, 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 he's playing. He says he's the son of God. But listen, if he truly knows God's word, he's going to know what it says in the Old Testament, what Moses said in Deuteronomy 4, which is the greatest commandment, which is the, the biggest. And so he asks Jesus, which is the first commandment or the, or the greatest? And thus answered him. Here's what Jesus said. The first of all commandments... Is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now they knew this prayer, guys. They prayed this twice a day. This was what a scribe and Pharisee did. There were 613 commandments in their Bible. In their law, 613 commandments. Can you imagine having 613 commandments? I mean, listen, this book, this God's Word, I don't look at God's Word as commandments as mess ups I don't look at them as oh I, I'm scared I fear God's word because all the thing about God's word when I open it up is do not do not do not do not do not do not if that's the way you view this Bible you have a very unhealthy relationship with Jesus Christ because when I open this up it's not about do not do not do not 
God has put parameters in God's Word and around His grace to keep me in a loving relationship so I will experience Him the most I can experience Him. That's why God says, Thou shalt not. That's why He told Israel, because they were going into a country with idol worship. And He said, when you get around all them ites over there in Canaan land, the Moabites, the Canaanites, all of these ites, the termites, every one of them, they're going to eat you up. You need to remember one thing. The greatest thing of all, Moses tell the people, the greatest thing of all is to love the Lord God. I'm, I'm going to get that in just a minute. Look what he says. Oh, by the way, I love this. This is how you can get so hypocritical. They had 613 commandments the scribes and the Pharisees did. If your house, this, this, is, how, this is how legalistic they got. See, God's full of grace. But see, we get so legalistic sometimes in our own walk. You've got to have balance there. If your house caught on fire on Sunday, you had to let that baby burn to the ground. Because if you went and got a pail of water and run and threw on it, that was considered work. And that was breaking the law of the Sabbath. And you could not do that. See how nitpicky they were? If you was walking down the road and your sandal flopped over and the nail kept... You know, they had little nails that pinned their sandals together, you know. They didn't have Nikes. Alright? They didn't have these, uh, uh, believe me, they didn't have these nice little, uh, what's these little inserts on TV you put in there and this guy puts them in there and he's all... They didn't have no Dr. Show. The only show they had was this down at the creek. Amen? I mean, that's it. There was no Dr. Shows. There was no Nikes. These sandals had nails in them. And, and when, if you was walking on Sunday, on the Sabbath, and you look down, and your sandal come unbuckled, and that nail was flopping, you could not reach down and grab that nail and pull it over because that would mean you was carrying a burden on the Lord's day. See how crazy these were? And so they're, they're really wanting to get Jesus checked in line and make sure he... Listen, God knew his heart before he was ever asking this question. God knew his motive before he ever asked this question to him. And he says, here's what Jesus said. And you shall love the Lord your God with... Now here we go. Here's the difference between liking and loving God. Notice that one. And you shall love the Lord God with... Say that again. What? All, all, all. This is the difference between, I'm going to tell you guys, this is the difference between experience Jesus in a deeper walk in the Spirit with God than not. You say, Brother George, is it some big theological question why some people are deeper in God and they're more intimate with Him and they know Him more and, and, and man, they, they know when the Spirit's speaking to them. They know, man, they just know so much Bible knowledge. They know because they know the word all come first. It's got to be all. When we're saved, you know what? I mean, this isn't real deep theology, but if God saved all of me... He wants all of me. He didn't save me, Randy, just a quarter of the way. And then when you get smart and you start to be sanctified a little bit, I'll save you. The... He saved me just as I was. I didn't know nothing. I didn't... All I knew is I needed a Savior to save me from my sins. That I was a sinner and I needed help. I couldn't go to heaven on my own. And I asked Christ to come into my heart. After that, God said, listen, you're saved. 
Now, a lot of times we want to do stuff in church and do. How many of y'all's ever done this? You'll come up here and work at church and say, "Boy, that'll give me a big blessing right there." Ooh. Don't y'all shake your heads. You've thought it. Oh, I hear that all the. Oh, we don't do that, brother George. The halos are melting. Because we all have certain esteem in our service of serving God. Think, if I do this, He'll love me more. If I do this, I'll get a bigger blessing. I'm doing this so God will bless me here. That's going after the gift and not the giver. And God wants us to go after Him. Him first. The gifts will come, but He wants to go after Him with all of our hearts. Here we go, with all of your soul. No, but it doesn't stop there. It says with all of what? Your mind. How many of y'all's got a mind? I mean, you may have thought you lost it, and your wife knows you lost it, but you got a mind. Loving with all of your mind. And then he comes around and says, Loving with all your strength. Boy, church needs this today. Because we do not serve Him and worship Him with all of our strength. If I could take a camera and pan across America today, this is funny, i got to tell you all, but there's a, there's a church in Little Rock. I'm not going to tell you the name, but I would tell that old boy next time on TV that we are filming Do Not Sleep. <laughs> Amen? I've watched a big church in Little Rock and they'll pan across their worship. And it's no, 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 no. He's man. If I was a pastor, I'd say, "Listen, Brother Smith, we're filming every Sunday. Sit up behind me or something, but don't sit there because we're filming." <laughs> to me, that is not worshiping God with all of your strength. Amen. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so, I want to break these down real quick. Man, it's already twelve fifteen. And the Lord shall love you with what your heart. How, this right here, when you this will transform us. We'll do these four things that'll transform you to go after God. I mean, it'll God's love will transform you to come after Him more. If you'll delight in Him, He'll give you the delights of your heart. I mean, He'll He'll give you more and more and more passion. You say, Brother George, I'm just not passionate like I used to be. I'm not happy in the Lord. I'm not having joy. Well, only person that can fix it is you and God. Listen, nobody took it from you. Amen? Because the Bible, there's that old song. What's that old song? The world didn't give it to me and the world cannot take it away. Amen? It's just we got to work on going after God to get our joy back and delighting in God. Man, you ought to want to delight in Him. I mean, if you're married to your wife for 15 and 20 years or, or if you're even in here today and going out on a date... You want your date or your marriage, I pray, to be delightful. Amen? I don't know none of y'all say, hey, how was your date last night? What are you praying for your date this week? What are you praying for you to go on a date? Well, I want to be the worst date I've ever been on. I just, want to, I just want to be grumpy and angry and I just want to be negative the whole time. How many of y'all say that before you go on a date? When you go into marriage, and I do many, many marriages a year. I've never heard one couple stand up there and say, this is going to be gross, it's going to be terrible, I'm not going to like it. They've never said that. They're all googled eyed and they're in love. 
They don't see no fault that that person has, and they got both have them. All they see is love for that person. That's the way God looks at us. Every day we get up, God looks right over my mistakes, my past, and looks right at my heart and says, I love you. I love you. Oh, I wish you would love me back. Amen? He wants this church to love Him back. And, I, and I've been so proud of our church here lately. we got more young people in this church stepping up and doing stuff. I was proud of my Connect class downstairs. I told them, I said, listen guys, our Connect class, you know, all these old hands, <laughs> some of them wasn't old, they just old looking, amen? I'm getting deeper, ain't I? Some of y'all has been here about the same time. Some of y'all have been here as long as I have in church. Amen? Since I've been pastoring this church. It seems like them same few do the same thing over and over and over. And it wasn't a deal that people don't want them to work. It's that we got to have a desire and a passion with all, all, I want to serve you. When you get this kind of desire in your heart, it don't matter if you've been singing for 40 years, I want to sing with you. Because I want all of God. And so when our Connect class, I say, guys, listen, these other guys, let's, the Connect class, y'all guys, let's do the whole 4th of July deal. Everybody in this class. I said, there's a, there's a spot for somebody in here to do something. That's why when I hear somebody say, there's not enough for me to do down that place. They don't love me no more. You know what that is? That is nothing but the devil. That's the devil. That's the devil because if you're loving God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, you would find a place. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like it. That's good stuff. You don't have to amen or nothing, but it's good. So I said, class, let's take on and do this whole thing. Y'all volunteer, man. There's enough people. In, we got 40, 50 people in my class. Let's, let's, uh, we got enough, we, we got enough people. Just give all them other folks a break. And they did. They did the whole thing and did a wonderful, wonderful job. Because see, there's no job in here where people should say, it's mine. It's not yours, it's God's. He's letting you use it. <laughs> He's letting me use this pulpit to preach out of. It's not mine. He's allowing me to be a mouthpiece to preach His Word every Sunday. And I know a lot of people say, I'm going to go down to church where George... We're going to George Vince's church. It's really and truly not mine. But that's just the way we say things. Amen? And that's fine. But we need to distinguish that everything is God's. And so our class did this whole thing and it went on. And I, I, a lot of the, and I was looking around at some of y'all older ones. Sitting back in that lawn chair, man, relaxing, talking. Didn't even have to cook. Didn't pick up nothing. I said, this is the way church ought to be. We got enough people going here. If we'll love God with our all, He'll make a place for all. Amen? I got two claps. That's all right. Just don't come whining to me about there's not a place to work in church. Because when you give Him your all, man, you can't contain it when you're giving God your all. 
I mean, when I study during the week, Sue Ann, I mean, come Saturday night, I'm about to pop. Man, I want, I'm ready to preach it. Because God is filled up and filled up and filled. When He fills you up, you want to release it. I mean, if you're being filled, your heart's being filled. Listen, guys, if we're truly going after God and loving Him with our whole heart, and He fills your heart, you're going to get a burden to help someone else or do something that burdens you to help that person. Because you're so full, you've got to give God to somebody else. Amen? Oh, this is a good sermon. You may not amen. Well, that's all right. It's a good, 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 good sermon. If not, I needed it. Amen? But when we love Him with all of our heart, your heart, listen, all through the Bible, when you love God with your heart, your heart is not physical. It does, there is a th- such thing as a physical heart. But in the Bible, when we talk about it spiritually speaking, the heart is eternal. It goes on and on. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your hearts because out of it flow the issues of life. Man, that's why it's so important to guard our heart. To keep God in the right thing because it don't take very long. If you don't guard your heart, you're getting negative, non-joyous. I mean, you got Christian on the shirt, but man, there's nothing else coming around it. Because you got to guard that heart. Man, it's precious to God. That's why he says, give me your heart. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an eternal thing. Your heart helps you choose to sin or not to sin. Did you know that? It's a choice. Let me, let me show you a little example of the way it should be. It's probably attached. I'll have to get one that's not. Thank you. Here's what your heart should look like, guys. Our heart is our throne. What sits in a throne? A what? A king sits in a throne. Now here's the difference between loving God with all of your heart or liking Him with your heart. We say we surrender. We say we give it to God. But when I leave here, I'm in the chair. Amen? I call the shots. This doesn't change my attitude. This doesn't help me when the Bible verse says, old things are passed away and all things become new. That doesn't happen because I'm on the throne. Me. I control everything I do. I try to fix every problem. I try to control this. When Jesus finally says, George, if you'll let me sit in your throne of your heart and you'll bow down and surrender your will to my will, put fully your trust in me, You'd be amazed. Man, it'll change your whole attitude, folks. You'll actually get a smile on your face. You'll be a smiling bad. There ain't many of them, amen? You'll actually be smiling. You'll actually go to your job on Monday morning, and that old boss or that person that, that has just been, I mean, I mean, they've been a thorn in your side. How many of y'all ever got them? I'm glad I'm not the only person and I'm a preacher. Man, you'll go in Monday morning when you find decide that Jesus wants to be on the throne of your heart and you kneel down and surrender and say, God, I'm giving it to you in the morning. I'm going in. It's a bad situation. But I'm going to give it to you. You give me the right attitude, God. Help me to love. Because here's the, here's the key. We all pray, Lord, help me to love. But why would you put me with them? 
want to love, but put me with a loving person. It don't work that way. God's saying you may be the only person that shows people that person, Jesus, on your job. That's why I have you there. I'm trying to show you love. Now go in there and work with that person. I died on the cross. I showed a greater love than anybody. I died for criminals. I died for the thieves. I died for the alcoholics, the drug addicts. I died for all of sin. Sin I died for. And you have a hard time letting me sit in the chair. Well, that'd be a good title of the sermon, sitting in the chair right there. I may come up with one on that. Call it the chair. But we wonder why we're not getting deeper with God is because we always want the chair. Amen? We come in on Sunday, we sit in the chair. I don't know why God's not moving in my life. I don't know why He's not speaking to me. I had I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what my gift is in church. I, I, I just don't understand it. Lord, why? Why are they... they got so much faith and so much joy. I just don't understand it. Lord, let's go home, honey. Let's go. You're sitting in the chair until Christ sits in the chair. It'll change your whole attitude. You'll stop doing the things you used to do. Here's the key. This is why people don't stop doing things in the past. None of us are perfect now. But I'm talking about stop being it as a lifestyle. Amen? How many of y'all, when y'all got saved, some things had to go? They better had. Or you didn't get saved. Because old things are passed away and God puts new things in your heart. And this is the reason, Levi, why some people, I believe they're saved, even in church, but they don't give God their all. It's because they sit in that chair all the time. Until Jesus sits in that chair, your heart cannot change. He wants to be on the throne of our hearts. Man, i got so much sermon, but i got to quit. We're going for part three next week. I'm sorry, this, I'm not getting away from this. this is good stuff. This is going to make or, this is going to change our church to be God's people or just a bunch of church goers. If you will listen, if we'll obey this, including this pastor, because when I preach, guys, I preach to me. I want y'all to understand that. Because I, I, that's why I want to be a preacher that can relate because I go through everyday life just like you. I go through pains. I go through trials. I go, the devil tempts me just as much as you. But I don't want to pastor a church of just casual worshipers. If not, you need to get a new preacher. I'll go join, I'll go join Casey on the evangelism trail or something. So don't ever get on me for challenging this church to go deeper and deeper with God. In the whole time, that's what we need. That's what we need. Listen, if this church body cannot reflect the truth of God and the glory of God, we're nothing to that lost world outside these doors. We're nothing to our family. We're nothing in this community. We're nothing as a church if we're not reflecting Jesus Christ. Where are you at this morning? Do you want to give Him your all? And I love this story because, hey, I, I'm 44 years old and I still, I want to give God my all, but... How many of y'all's got a competitive spirit in you? 
It doesn't matter. It can be bago, man. You want to win. It can be checkers and you want to blow them off the map. Well, this happened to me. This is when I think, when that word, see, all is a choice. All is a choice. And when I was reading that this week, it said, give him your all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. It just come back to me a story that happened at church camp of me and Casey. We're sitting there. Where's, where, where's uh, Kyle Vaughn at? Kyle, where are you at? Stand up. Well, you got your buddy there. Stand up right beside him, Alex. Where, is the other boy here that was on the team? Just y'all two. He's not here. Okay, y'all can sit down. These, these, there was three little gentlemen. Me and Casey sitting. Man, we're just sitting around, you know, just talking in the cafeteria. It's during recreation time. It's Thursday. And Harvey was over to three on three. Well, Kyle and Alex. And who else was on your team? Who? Ethan. They're all three there. Me and Casey sitting here and we just got back in, man. We just was talking. We was, it's hot. And we was drinking some water and talking. Here comes Kyle Vaughn and Alec. And they said, Brother George, Brother Casey, we want to take you two on in basketball. We're the three-on-three champs. And we can beat you. Now, at the beginning, I was real pastoral. Amen? I mean, me and Casey just give like a Moses look to him, like, verily, verily, what? I mean, we just kind of looked at him, and, and I said, oh, okay. I try to be humble, you know. I wanted to show a pastor spirit. I said, it's on, Jack. Let's go, Casey. Man, I don't care. You can be, you can be in middle school. Don't come challenge us to a three-on-three game, because we're going to take it to you. We got out there on that court, and it was three against two. Man, I played the front of the defense. Casey played the back of the defense. And Casey looked around and said, how are we playing? I said, we going for it all. <laughs> Forget that. We're going to win this game. I'm not about to get beat by a bunch of... What grade y'all in? Fifth graders. No way. <laughs> Let's go. Boy, ball check. I passed it back, and away we went. I looked up and it was nine to nothing. Me and Casey's head. He said, you want to slack? I said, no, keep it going. Give it your all. Don't stop. They'll never challenge again, but I'm not losing to a fifth grader. I'm giving him my all. And that's funny. Me and Casey laughed. And we just talked about that night how we put a whooping on them. Man, we were, we were bowed up. I stayed... That's why my ankle was sore for three weeks. I hobbled. I didn't tell, I didn't tell Kyle and him, man, I was so sore that next morning. <sighs> my all comes quick and leaves quick. Amen? <laughs> but listen. Some, we need that attitude in our spiritual walk. I guarantee if we would give God our all... The devil may not tempt you as much. You say, well, the devil's on my back all week long. Are you liking God or loving God? Because see, when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And you can resist him and not even know it. The more you're seeking and going after God, hunger and thirsting for his righteousness, and your whole day is consumed of going after God, going after God. Going. Now, I don't mean that you... Go on the job and they ask, what are you doing, Randy? I'm going after God, man. As soon as I get this pigtail on here, I'm going after God. 
He does it in a lifestyle. I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't ever think about heaven as a child of God, there's something wrong. If you're a safe child of God and never think during the week of what heaven's like. Or drive down the road and see, see a sunrise or see something in nature and say, man, that's God's glory right there. If you never can say that, there's something wrong. You're liking God and not loving Him. But we need... Listen, I said this last week and I believe it. The more we go after God, the less we'll sin. Because you'll be so consumed on thinking about Him, going after Him, that you'll forget about doing the other stuff because God's got you focused on Him. That's called a man after God's own heart. If we'll focus on Him, you may not stumble as much. But it's, do you like Him or do you love Him? But there's nothing wrong, guys. Listen, there's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong. Don't ever be ashamed about going, God with, going after God with your all. Man, Lee, if I didn't go after God when I preached, surrender to preach and say, God, I'm going to lay it after. I'm giving my all every Sunday I preach. God was saying, I want your all, George. If you're going to preach, I want your all. If you're going to teach, I want your all. Music team, if you're going to play every Sunday, give us your all. Give God your all. And then we'll get all of it. Amen? So I don't want to get up here and just mumble a nice little sermon and shake our heads. I want to go after God with my all. All of it. My heart. All my soul. Let's stand quietly. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, help us to trade in our lackings. And Lord... Equip us with a heart this morning that will love you. That will go after you. Lord, help us be a church. Lord, help our families in this church to go after God with their all. Lord, when it comes to our spiritual walk, there's nothing... That should be the most serious thing in our lives is our spiritual walk with God. Yes, we all need jobs and we all need money, but if we don't have God, we don't have nothing. Because all of that other stuff one day is going to burn up and rust and rot and go back to dust. But our hearts and God's Word lives eternally forever and ever and ever and ever. It shall never pass away. So Lord, I, I pray that we'd make commitments as a church body this morning. Lord, Your Spirit is moving so much in our church. You're moving in our women's group. Lord, that... They're meeting on Mondays and wanting to meet on Sunday nights. And you're putting that hunger in our hearts. Lord, you're working in our men's group by reaching other men and just being ourselves and reaching other men. Lord, you're moving in our children's ministry. Lord, you're moving in our teen group. But Lord, we can't relax and just sit back and say, wow, that week was good or that weekend was great. It's an everyday walk. With you, Lord, teach me how to be patient. Teach me how to experience you in just an everyday, just me and you, Lord. When nobody else is around and watching, Lord, let me hunger for you when I'm not behind this pulpit. Because, Lord, if I hunger for you, my family hungers for you. And if leaders in this church will go after God, other people will go after God. It's contagious because your spirit made us that way. If you wonder why people's not excited in your church group or around you, you got to go back and look at your heart. Lord, 
Lord, we love You this morning. Teach us how to love You with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls. And Lord, give us strength to do all of it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Come this morning as we play. The altars are open right where you're at. Do you love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul? Or do you like Him this morning? Or I guess the main question is, is who's sitting in your chair this morning? Who's sitting in your heart's chair? You want to experience God? Let Him sit. And you surrender your will and your love. And you, he'll, he'll intensify it 10,000 times. One.